righty, welcome to episode two of Outside the Uprights. I'm your host, Dylan Graham, joined, joined with me as always, Zach Miller. And uh, let's let's jump right into it today. Um, we're going to start off like we talked about last week. We're going to jump into the NCAA realignment. We didn't have time last week to talk about it, but Zach and I are both super pumped up about talking about this. So um, I'll let the Big 12 guy go get into it first, but this is something that we're super excited about. Um, as I said last week, um, it sucks that Texas and OU kind of just threw this out on the Big 12 without like any talk with the Big 12. But as an Iowa State fan, I would not mind us going to the Big 10. It'd just be like another another shot to prove who we really are and to prove the doubters that we can actually compete with some of the bigger teams in the nation. Whereas in the big 12, as like big competitors, you only have like, OU, and then we all know Texas is overhyped almost every season. So I think the big 10 would probably be the best fit for Iowa state. If the alignment does happen, realignment. Um, yeah, I would tend to agree with you on Iowa State in the Big Ten. I'd love to see some of those Big Ten matchups if you go there. And, um, you know, like you kind of noted in the Big 12, you have those games off, really, where you're playing Baylor and you're playing Kansas and you're playing some of the bottom feeders of the league. Um, but even in the Big Ten, everybody can be anybody on any given Saturday. Um, it is a much different league than the Big 12, I'll say. Um, We'll get into this a little later, but as a Kansas City Chiefs fan, uh, we drafted Patrick Mahomes, and thank God that we did that. But the day we drafted him, I was very upset. I thought it was a horrible pick because they don't play they don't play defense in the Big Twelve. Um, it's usually a very high scoring league, um, so I I would be excited to see some of those matchups with Iowa State in the Big Ten if it does happen, just to see you know, if they can adapt to a completely different league. And I think they, they very well could. Um, and every year in the Big Ten, you have a team that comes out and surprises everyone. I mean, Maryland won four games in a row, I think, two years ago, the first four. And no, nobody expects Maryland to win the first four games of the Big Ten. So it's just one of those leagues that every game you have to go in and have the best version of your team or you're not going to come out on top. So I'd be super excited to watch just some of those dogfights that Iowa State gets put into. Um, and as, as far as the rest of the Big 12 goes, I'm looking at it, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't see where some of these teams go. Um, you know, I could see Kansas maybe getting into the Big 10 because of basketball, but then you put, yeah, you put them into the Big 10 as a football school, and, you know, you have one of those bottom feeder teams. It'd be um, Rutgers part two. Yeah, I mean, K-State, you can maybe put them in a conference because of Coach Snyder's legacy and what he used to do with that program. I mean, but they haven't been anything for the last 10 years. It's, you know, so as far as the top tier Big 12 teams, I'm super excited to watch these matchups that they're going to get put into in their new conferences here in 2025. But at the same time, I fear for these bottom teams because if they don't have another program, another athletic program that they are really good in and can get in on that, I think that a lot of them are going to become independents. Yeah, from what I've been reading, I think like Baylor, TCU, 
um, I think they'll go down to the group of five. But teams like Oklahoma State, Kansas State will go to like the Pac-12, and then West Virginia will join the ACC. West Virginia and the ACC, that, I mean, that sounds the best to me. Um, I've honestly thought the West, that West Virginia should be in the ACC for a long time. It'll, it, I mean, it just makes more sense than the Big 12. Um, they, they compete in the Big 12 every once in a while. Don't get me wrong. They're great. They're a great basketball school. They play good football every once in a while. Um, cause, but just based on location, I've always thought that they should be an ACC team, you know, Atlantic Coast Conference. They're over there on the Atlantic Coast. And um, it just kind of makes sense to see them there. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing some of these teams go down to the group of five. Um, as much as it sucks to say, um, they just don't, they can't compete at a power five level. Um, we've seen that year after year after year. Um, the, the only school outside of Iowa State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, West Virginia, Texas Tech that I see going staying in a power five conference would be Kansas. Um, I think that they get into the Big Ten just based on basketball. Oh, yeah. Um, But nevertheless, I'm excited for that. Um, A lot of people are very upset about it because, I mean, it's going to be the end of the Big 12 as we know it. Um, But I'm excited. I think it forces a lot more um, really good matchups every Saturday. Every Saturday there's going to be must-see football on. And, you know, as sports, whatever you want to call us, writers, commenters, whatever – um, we love those matchups, and we Zach and I have been texting back and forth about college football since I, I think the day after the college football championship. So we're super excited for that, and we cannot wait for kickoff here. And I think it's like twenty eight days, thirty five days. I, it's so close; we can smell it. I think it's like twenty days away. Is it? I think so. It's uh, man, I'm so excited. Um, so that's all I have for the Big 12-wise. Um, we'll jump straight into SEC-wise then, since I'm an A&M fan and we kind of dabbled on the ACC and the Big 10. We'll go, we'll go straight into the SEC. Here's my thing. I think Oklahoma's going to have to adapt because you go to the SEC and we noted on how the Big 10 is defense-heavy and the Big 12 is offense-heavy. The SEC, you really have to be, I wouldn't say great on both sides of the ball, but you really have to be really really good on both sides of the ball you're not going to get by on a great offense and you're not going to get by on a great defense you have to be able to score and you have to be able to to defend everything um you know there's a reason that sec talent comes out number one draft or uh, number one draft picks and first round draft picks every year quarterbacks receivers dbs everybody um this year, the SEC, I think, had it. It was a ridiculous number. I think it was 16 of the first 32 draft picks came out of the SEC. Um, it's it's just ridiculous. Um, so you have to be really good on both sides of the ball. Oklahoma, I do think, can adapt. I think they can at some point, maybe not year one, um, but I think at some point they can adapt and play at a high level in the SEC. I don't think they ever win it. As long as Alabama's around and as long as LSU's doing LSU things, I, I don't think that they can win it. Um, I think they can compete for it, and I think they can play those tight games with those two teams. Um, but I don't, don't, I don't ever Georgia. see it. And that's another one, Georgia. Um, they haven't been great in the last couple of years, but they are a historically amazing program. 
Um, so I don't see Oklahoma ever winning the SEC, but I can see them going in and competing and maybe getting better bowl game bids because of it. Um, as far as Texas goes, um, you're kind of a middle of the pack team in the um, in the Big Twelve, and uh, as I told you last week, um, Texas always gets a preseason top twenty-five somehow, no matter what they finish. I'm looking at the preseason top twenty-five right now, and Texas is twenty. Um, after a four-loss hey, season, that's pretty low for them, though. I understand that. Top but fifteen after a four-loss season, and you play ten games. That's that's ridiculous to me. Uh, my thing with Texas is, A, I think they're soft. Um, they they have been whining about the horns down in the Big 12 for years and years and years. If you have a problem with horns down in the Big 12, um, just wait until you walk into Death Valley or College Station where you haven't been in 10 years and have 65,000 screaming just everything they can at you. Um I, and I really don't know if that affects the players as much as the donors and the coaches and all that. I really don't know who that decision is coming from. But nevertheless, if it's going to affect somebody, you know, like I said, wait till you walk into Death Valley, at, you know, on a primetime game Saturday night in the SEC. Um, that's something that worries me about Texas. Um, I, I also just don't think they're good. Um they just can never really pull it together. And you see some of the recruits they get and the recruiting class they pull in and they, they look really good on paper and it just never really gets put together. Um, so, I mean, as far as you, you're thinking, how do you think Oklahoma and Texas can fare in the SEC? Kind of like what you said, I don't think Oklahoma is going to go in there like year one, year two and go. 10 and two I'm thinking more Oklahoma will go in there go eight and four seven and five at worst losing to teams like Bama LSU Georgia but Texas on the other hand I see them going like six since six six five seven yeah I mean it's raw, and the, the, there's maybe depending on what side of the conference you get put on, you can maybe take one week off. It's another one of those conferences where it's going to be a dogfight, whether you're playing Alabama or whether you're playing Mississippi State. Nobody's going to come in there and let you walk on them. And whether you know Mississippi State's three and seven again, and you're in a week eleven game, it doesn't matter. That stadium's going to be packed. They're going to be screaming, and um. Mississippi's going to be buzzing, you know. It's it's another conference where you, you can't afford to take any days off. Um, and I feel like Texas does that a lot. And um, I think it was two years ago when Iowa State was – they were they were good. They were on the come up. Um, <coughs> excuse me. But Texas walked in there and, you know, I think they kind of took them light and Iowa State beat them. And um, I was in Ames that night and Ames was buzzing. It was, you know – it was a great atmosphere to be around, but you just can't afford to take days off against teams that you, you know, you would call lower than you. And at the time, Texas was above Iowa State until that week. Um, Iowa State hurdled them in the rankings, but it's, I mean, the only two games I'm looking at here that you can take off or not even take off, but that you can 
almost guarantee yourself a win or Vanderbilt on the east side and um, Arkansas on the west side. So I, I just don't know how they compete because I, they – and don't get me wrong, historically Texas is a great football program, historically. But that's the only thing that has kept them around and kept them relevant in the last five to ten years is that they are historically good and they haven't proved that they can stay good. So I, I really don't think that they can come to the SEC and I, I don't think they can ever play in an SEC championship, at least in the foreseeable future. Um, and I, I honestly don't know if they're ready for the task ahead of them. It'll be fun to watch them get stomped all over, though. I love it. Um, a lot of AM fans hate the rivalry and didn't want it back. And, dude, I'm so excited. I cannot wait to have it back. Um, I, I finally get to throw up the horns down for my team again, not for somebody else's team. So uh, I'm super excited to watch Texas and Texas A&M go head-to-head again every year, hopefully. Hopefully that's how the cards lay out. Um, but I'm I, – for the rivalry side of it and for the just watching Texas get beat down side of it, I, I, I love it. Um, and, you know, o- Oklahoma is one of those teams where if they if the draw lands right and they end up not in – because I think they're going to split it outside of east and west. Um, if they don't I and they get put into the east and Texas ends up going to the west, which would make the most sense – um, that, that is a, a conference or a, excuse me, a division in that conference that I can see them maybe coming out and winning. Um, you got to play Georgia and you got to be play Florida, but everybody, like, I mean, I'm not saying Oklahoma's not a bad team, right? And we've seen them compete with big teams in college football playoffs and in bowl games. And I think that if, the cards fall right for Oklahoma that they could very well go in and possibly win the East and play in a, in a big 12 tie or excuse me, an SEC title. I just don't ever see that happening for Texas. Yeah, me either. I don't see Texas going into the SEC and beating high tier teams. So since uh, since we're on the topic of football, that's um everything I think that I have for the NCAA realignment. Unless Zach wants to add anything, I let's jump straight it. into it. I am. This is by far going to be my favorite thing to talk about until we kick off here in a few weeks. A, the NFL is back. We now have football every week until Super Bowl Sunday. And we're going to go straight into our NFL predictions. Um, I, Zach, we, you already know I could not be more excited for this. Um, I love that the NFL is back. And after watching my team get stomped out in the Super Bowl, I, I'm excited for the revenge tour. So I'll let you kick it off. We'll start in the AFC and we'll go with the AFC East. So we'll go Buffalo, Miami, New England, and New York. Well, AFC East is easy, in my opinion. I honestly don't see Miami, New York beating Buffalo. I think Buffalo is going to come out on top on the East. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Um, 
Josh Allen, we just saw the mega deal. He's, you know, just a certified superstar. He's great. Um, he's really helped turn that franchise around. Um, I've, and as just a fan of not watching the same guys win every year, unless it's my guys, of course. Um, I, I love it. I love watching Buffalo play. They, they play, they compete at a high level and, um, you know, it's, it's always fun to tune in and watch Buffalo. Um, some of the things that they do. Um, so I take Buffalo top the AFC East, um, as well, but I think a lot, I don't, my biggest thing this year is I think Miami, I think Miami has a chance to be really, really good. Maybe not this year, but in the coming years, um, I, I've loved Tua to, I love Tua. I've loved him since he came out of college. I think he has a chance to be really, really good in this league um, under the right coaching staff and under the right circumstances. And I think, um, honestly, I think Buffalo wins 13 games. They play 17 now, right? Um, I think they go 13 and 13 and four. Um, I think Miami can win nine games. I think they can go 500 um, or stay above 500. Um, you know, again, it's going to depend on, um, the everything that Tua does, I, I really like their defense. Their defense is really good. Um, that's if Xavion Howard stays. We've seen some of the rumors about how Xavion Howard wants out. Um, but even if then, I'm not mistaken. I think he is staying. Is he staying? I think so. Okay, I had seen some rumors that he wanted out, so I wasn't quite sure. Um, so that just adds on to my point. Their defense is really, really good. Um, they run the ball well. They don't necessarily have any huge big-name targets, but they get they can get the job done. I'm not saying Miami is a Super Bowl contender because they're not, but I can see them winning nine games. So while you were going on about that, talking about that, I was looking at Miami's schedule. I personally think Miami could go 12-5 and five this year. 12-5. and five. I mean, yeah, with Matt, you know, you're they have matchups with Las Vegas and Indianapolis that are out of um, out of their division. Um, the Raiders just they're the Raiders. They're always back and then they're not. They're the Texas of the NFL. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it, too, now, and there's a lot. I, these are a lot of winnable games. You got Atlanta in there. Um, a matchup with Giants. Jacksonville. Yeah. These are a lot of winnable games. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, yeah, I just add on to that. I really think that they could be a playoff team this year and above, an above 500 team. And um, I don't think that they beat Buffalo in either one of their matchups, but I think they can push them. And I think that, you know, if, when those games come on and if you're not doing anything, you might want to tune into Miami and Buffalo. because Those will be some fun football games to watch. Yes, it will. And then we can jump straight down, straight over to the West. Um, it, I don't see anyone c- taking the Chiefs' spot atop the mountain. They've played in two straight Super Bowls, played in four straight AFC championships. Um, they're, the, Kansas City is the closest thing, I think, that the NFL has to a super team. They just fly around on both sides of the ball. Their defense has been shaky in years past. Um, they, the Chiefs organization said, we're going to rebuild this or- organization. Trust us. And they rebuilt the defense. And the next year, they, you know, they go, they go to the Super Bowl and they win it. Um, 
this year they lose a Super Bowl and Brett Veach says we're going to rebuild the offensive line and he starts making moves and at the at the very beginning a lot of people are going what are you doing and you know now we're sitting here with I what I think is a top five offensive line in in the uh, NFL I just I, I see the Chargers pushing them again I think if you're not doing anything on a Sunday tune in and watch those games they're going to be fun they're going to they're going to get chippy because it's going to be two of the best going at it. Um, I think Kansas City has a very good chance to win 13 or 14 games this year. Um, they're just really, really good. Their defense is great, led by Tyron Matthew. I don't need to speak on his accolades or um, what he brings to a locker room. And then, I mean, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, the, the rookie that we really didn't get to see a whole lot of last year, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, they're just great on both sides of the football. Um, and then, like I said, I think LA makes a, makes a push toward them, um, probably winning 12 or 13 games. Um, and again, those will be fun games to tune in and watch on Sundays or Mondays or Thursdays. I guess, I don't know. I haven't looked at the primetime games yet, so I don't know what times we play when our, and who our primetime games are against, but those will be really fun games to watch. Yeah, I, uh. I don't see anybody giving Kansas City a challenge besides maybe like the AFC championship game. Then Kansas City will finally get like a a good competition that will show what Kansas City is all about this year. I'm uh, I'm I'm excited. I'm you know, we have a lot of big time matchups in there. Um I believe we have – oh, no, we don't. I could have – I thought we had a revenge game um, early in the season, but we don't. Um, but, you know, we start, to, we start the season with Cleveland, and that's a team that we played in the, um, the divisional round last year, and uh, they pushed us. They made – they it was a close game. Patrick Mahomes went out. Um, I'm, I'm just really excited to see what comes out of the West this year. Again, they're I they're the closest thing to a super team that the NFL has. And then we go to the north. And this is I've been thinking about this since Zach and I said that we were going to talk about this um on this week's episode. So I'm just gonna kick it straight to Zach for this one. AFC North. Yep. Ah man, that's that's gonna be a battle between Cleveland and Pittsburgh again. Because we know that Pittsburgh started off 11-0. and And then what happened? Juju started dancing. They lost <laughs> five of the next five straight. games. Yeah. And I, I think that Cleveland's finally finding their mojo. I really think Cleveland will make a strong case this year. I couldn't agree more, and that's why this has been so tough for me between Cleveland, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. Um, no disrespect going towards Cincinnati. I love Joe Burrow. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks um, that this generation has seen. I think he's going to be really, really good if he can get the help he needs. He has good receivers around him. I cannot – like, you just can't not talk about it. He went down last year because he doesn't have an offensive line. They made some pushes to get better on that – front of the football they did but I just I don't see them placing top three in this division it's just too too good of football I think 
Um, I think Joe Burrow is going to need a couple healthy years to settle in. Um, I think they're going to have to make bigger, bigger strides to help him and put weapons around him. Um, I agree with you. I think Cleveland comes out on top. They, they're just, they're really, really good, man. They're really good. They play great defense. Their offensive line is great. They have one of, I think they have the best one, two punch in football in the backfield. Um, they, they, they have great receivers. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. And Jarvis Landry. It's just, they're so good, Zach. And I do see them coming out on top of the AFC North, but I, um, I have Baltimore coming in second. Now I know that Pittsburgh was the one last year and they, they were up there. And I'm not, I think Pittsburgh is still really good, but I don't think that they can get it done with big Ben. Big Ben is past his prime and it's time to let go. You're not going to win titles anymore with big Ben in in Pittsburgh. It's time to move on and get somebody to be better than big Ben. Um, I love Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's great. You hear all the jokes. Oh, he's a running back. He's this, he's that. <laughs> Lamar Jackson is a quarterback, and he's one of the best quarterbacks we have seen in the NFL in a while. And this is a league, and back to speak on Pittsburgh, this is a league where you can't get by with an average quarterback anymore. You see it all the time. Your quarterback has to be elite to survive in the NFL, and you just don't get that out of Big Ben anymore. Yeah. Um, kind of what you said, having a quarterback needs to be elite. I think you need to have a quarterback that is able to avoid like the pocket collapse and be able to run to get to extend the play because you just don't want to have a pocket sitter QB because then you're just asking for trouble. So I think unless you're Tom Brady, yeah, unless you're Tom Brady, you have to be able to move. Yeah. And we've been watching Tom Brady for how many years in the NFL now, and none of us get it. The guy can't move, but he somehow just keeps winning. Um, so I, I love the things that come out of Baltimore this year. I think they come in second, that division. Um, I think they're a playoff team. I think the the Chargers and um, the Ravens are going to be the two wild cards coming out of the AFC. They're, it's just you can't. We've heard all the all the slander. Lamar Jackson can't win the big game. He can't win a playoff game. Um, and, you know, I can't really argue that because he hasn't proven us wrong yet. Um, but there's no, there's nothing I love more as someone who talks about sports and now is trying to do it somewhat professionally. There's nothing I love more than getting shut up and put in my place. I hope Lamar Jackson goes in and wins a big playoff game, and I hope that he can push that team to be great. Um, so those are my two coming out of the North. I see Cleveland and Baltimore. Then we'll skip straight down into the South. Um, Houston, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, and Tennessee. This is another one that I've lost sleep over. Indianapolis can be really, really good. Um, but they're one of those teams that their defense is going to have to stay healthy because that's what, that's what they do. They play really good defense and they pound the ball with Marlon Mack. Um, and I don't think that they can make a deep playoff push because as we talked about earlier, you have to have an elite quarterback to be, to, you know, to be great in this league and that they just don't have that. Um, Houston on paper should come out of that division without any problems. Um, they should be the best team in that division and they should compete at a high level in the playoffs on paper, but they just never seem to get it done. Um, and I know there's problems in the front office and there's problems on the coaching staff and, 
all that, but just the, the team, this team is too good to keep losing. Um, I know JJ Watt isn't in Houston anymore, but you saw it all of last year. Um, you see him at the end of the season when he was hugging to Sean Watson, he said, you know, we, this is on us. This shouldn't happen to you. I, I believe he said we should have won 11 in games. Um, and then you see him yelling and in the press conferences, and he, he's absolutely right. That team is just too good to be underperforming like they have. Um, so I, that it's really a toss up for me, and I'm not gonna even I'm not gonna skip over Jacksonville either because I think Trevor Lawrence has potential to be really really good in the NFL. I think he can, you know, be Jacksonville's elite quarterback that can take them places at some point. Um, I like some of the weapons they have around them, but I just, I just don't think it's enough to win a division that's going to be as competitive and gritty as that one. I'm going to throw this out there real quick. Don't forget that he has his college teammate with him too in the backfield. He is. Um, Not saying yeah. that's going to make a difference. I'm just throwing that out there. Well, it does. I mean, you have chemistry. And that chemistry is something you can't buy can't spend money on getting chemistry um Travis Etienne is a great back he runs the ball hard he's he's just quick out of the backfield he's elusive and he can go out and catch the ball that's another thing in this league there's a few guys that you know are more of power backs but most of the backs in this league that are considered elite come out of the backfield catch the ball and can make make the best out of any type of open space and he I think he did that really well in college and I'm excited to see if he can do that really well still at the highest level um, I, I can't even make, make a prediction on who's going to come number two in that, um, division. Tennessee's going to win it. I think, um, they, they've Agreed. just been, they've just been too good to take anything away from them. Derrick Henry. And I mean, you can't discredit what they've done. Um, and until Houston can figure things out and, you know, Deshaun Watson still says he wants out and, so I, it's just tough to, even though on paper they're better than Tennessee, um, everything that's going on and everything that they've showed us, you can't put them above Tennessee. I uh, I also agree. I think Tennessee is going to come out on top. But I also, I think Indianapolis is going to come out in second. And also, since I'm talking about Indianapolis coming in second, they uh, they just – Sign Darius Leonard to a five-year, like ninety-nine point three million dollar contract. Good, extension. get paid, young fella. Highest inside linebacker. Is does that make him the highest paid? Yep, in NFL history. In history, wow, he's. It, yeah, I would have liked to see them spend some money elsewhere, um, but at the same time, that's. You know, you got to play defense too, Um, and that's that shores up defense. They play really good defense, and um, I wouldn't be surprised if they made a push toward Tennessee. Um, They they can do it. They like like I said earlier, they play really good defense and they run the ball really really well. Um, But I think in these coming years, they have to go out and get themselves a quarterback, and that I think can put them over the edge and make them really really good. Yeah, because who's their who's their starting quarterback now that Philip Rivers is retired? Jacoby Brissett, I believe. Oof. Yeah. 
And as uh, this is funny because we were just talking about Tua a little bit ago, and I just get a notification on my phone that says, "Don't give up on Tua just yet." And, um, and here's here's why you should take the over for his passing touchdowns and yards. And I, I, I mean, I I haven't given up on Tua. I still think he's he can perform at an elite level. But we'll fly past that again. It's just I just got that notification on my phone. Um. So we'll go. <laughs> Oh man, we'll go to the the garbage dumpster fire that is the NFC East. I have no idea where to even begin because <laughs> you never know. It could be, well, it could be New York on top in week fourteen, and then all of a sudden Washington is on top week fifteen, and then you have Philadelphia week sixteen. It's like what the hell. The problem with this division is, unfortunately, someone has to win it. Like, (laughs) like we wish that we could just throw all those out and go, don't need it. Like, (laughs) like somebody has to win that. And most of the time, whoever wins it is barely over 500. Sometimes they're not 500. (laughs) Um, Flip a coin twice. I mean, I mean, I really I really don't know. for the sake of the podcast and the sake of the predictions, I'll predict that Washington is going to win it. Um, Alex Smith is healthy. We saw the things that they could do last year. Um, uh, T- Taylor Heineke, I think was his name. I think that they're good and they're in good hands. Even if Smith goes down or they decide that they like Heineke better, I think they're in really good hands quarterback position. Um, but again, pick your poison there. It's just such a dumpster fire of a division. If Dak is healthy and he comes back like he was before his injury or even better, I think Dallas will come out on top on the East. We them boys. <laughs> but America's team. If- if it's going to be like a comeback season type year for Dak, then I probably have Washington coming out one as well. Yeah. I mean, I don't even like talking about what is the NFC East. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with that being said, we're going to jump over to the West Coast. Um, man, this one is another one that I just – it's been eating at me. Who am I going to say? And I still don't know as of right now, who I'm going to say. Um, Arizona's really good. Um, they made great strides in the offseason to become really, really good. Um, you can't look past the Rams, though. You, San Francisco, I think you can maybe look past a little bit. but um, And then you, you go up to Seattle, and, you know, those three teams, it, it's going to be dogfights. Um, <coughs> Seattle, I think it all comes down to the coaching staff. Um, if the coaching staff can let Russell just let Russell Wilson do Russell Wilson things, um, I think they come on top. You saw it last year. Russell Wilson was on pace through I think six weeks to break the NFL passing record, or passing touchdown record. Um, they the the Seattle fans over there call it let Russ cook. Um, if you just let Russell Wilson play, just let him play the game. They win the division. Um, but 
a lot of the time, you know, they, they, they don't for some, for whatever reason he was putting up these ridiculous numbers and they stopped letting him, um, they changed the game plan somewhere along the line and it didn't work. Um, the Rams are so good defensively. Um, they're one of the few teams I think that gets by just with great defenses in this league. And now you go and add Matthew Stafford to that. And a lot of people are going to see how good Matthew Stafford really is this year. Um, he's an all-time great. He was doing things that Patrick Mahomes is doing now in Detroit long before Mahomes was doing it, but nobody cared because he played for the Lions. Um, he's really, really, really good at football. They like, I believe that he is the Rams elite quarterback. And I think that he can compete at the highest level with these teams. Um, So I also think that the Rams could possibly come out on top. And um, I love Kyler Murray. I've been a Kyler Murray believer since day one. Um, But I, I just don't know if they have. So I, uh, I just figured out who I was going to say about 15 seconds ago. I'm going to go Seattle on top, on top of the uh, NFC West. Man, that's probably one of the toughest divisions on, uh, on the NFC side of things. Um, but I think I'm going to have to go with Seattle on top as well. And then I think Arizona is going to be a close second. I think Arizona is a playoff team. Um, they'll come in second in that division, I believe. And I think they'll make the playoffs. Um, and then we'll skip straight to the North. Um, that's the, that's the Packers division to lose. Um, don't look past the bears. They're really, really good. But I mean, at the end of the day, that's green Bay's division and they're going to come out and prove it. You already know where I stand on that. Yeah, the Packer fan over there. It definitely helps that Rodgers finally got his shit together and came back, though. And yeah, I'm and I- also I'm also very excited. It might just be the like the nostalgic side of things, but 18's back, baby. Randall Cobb. <laughs> oh man, Randall Cobb. Yeah, I, I, again, it's just it's Green Bay's division to go and lose. Um, again, I think that Arizona and Chicago are the two number twos in the division that come out and play in the playoffs. But that, I don't see anyone dethroning Green Bay in the north. And then, again, in the south, this one's super easy for me. <clears throat> um, Tom Brady's going to take it. Tom Brady does Tom Brady things. Um, he doesn't have to compete with Drew Brees anymore. Um, Carolina and Atlanta, I really don't see his threats toward him. Um, and Jameis Winston is still Jameis Winston. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take Tampa Bay on top of the South. Yeah, that's who I got too. And then, Sadly. <laughs> unfortunately, we have to take him. And then um, I want to give two quick shout outs real quick. Before we jump into the NFC or the excuse me NBA free agency, um, I want to shout out my guy Jamison Patton from Des Moines Roosevelt, in my school. Uh, I'm getting that three star recruit as a sophomore. Proud of you, brother. Keep grinding. I can't wait to talk about you on the podcast someday. 
And then how about Cade Cunningham last night? Welcome to the league, big fella. 12 points and 13 boards in his uh, debut. So he'll be fun to watch in the NBA. Um, but we'll jump straight into free agency. I'm going to let you kind of take the wheel on this one. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to start because so much happened. But um, I'm pretty sure Kawhi stayed with L.A. Yep, Kawhi resigned. Okay. And then Chris Paul also resigned with Phoenix four year up to 120 million. Get paid, young fella. What really surprised me and may surprise a lot of you as well, Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Signing with Miami. I'm excited. I am too. Um, He'll. I hope he I hope he shows a lot of people what he's really about. I mean, yeah, we get we get like flashes, but now he'll have help around him. Right. And you know, when in his early days it was DeMar DeRozan's team, and then it was Kawhi Leonard's team, and then last year it was his team, but he didn't have anybody around him. Um yeah. so I'm excited to see him with some talent around him. And I think that the heater the heat can be really, really good with him and um make deep make a deep push again yeah <clears throat> and then and speaking of demar he uh he signed a three-year in chicago yep and i've seen all the memes on twitter and i've tried to stay off of it as much as i can but it's the the thanos memes with <laughs> are the bulls good at basketball again and Thanos going yes, and what did it cost? And Chicago Cubs. Um, yeah, I think the Bulls can be really, really good now. Um, they went out and made a push. They, you know, the Bulls have been in rebuild mode since God only knows when. Um, but I think that this was really a, a, a big leap for them. And I, I don't see anything but good things coming from it. And then Lonzo also going to Chicago. Yeah, Lonzo. Lonzo is still really unproven to me. I think he has a chance to be pretty good, um, but we just got to see it from him. Yeah. We, we just got to see him perform to that high level and elite level. Like we all, you know, we all want to believe he can, and um, I, I do think he can. It just we have to start seeing it. So, you know, I'm a Celtics fan, so I got to – talk about some former Celtics real quick. Kemba Walker going to New York. And then you also have Evan Fournier going to New York. I think that's a good one-two in that position. I think I'd watch out for New York. Yeah, I mean, they were they were pretty good last year. We saw it. They, they were in the playoffs. They you know, they, they struggled in the playoffs, but they were there a um, couple key pieces away. And um, I think Cardiac Kemba, I think, is huge for them. That's a big push and a big move that they made, and I think it pans out really well. And I'm I'm not sold on the signing of Evan Fournier. I would have liked to see them go out and get somebody a little a little bigger, but we can 
Um, it, it, I don't think it hurts them in any way, but I would have liked to see them go out and sign a true superstar outside of Kemba. Yeah. I mean, I think that's really all I have for NBA free agency. It's been pretty boring. Oh, Carmelo going to Mello, LA. Mello to the Lakers. Uh, the the ring chasing team. Oh, Lord. I mean, it's just great. I think that he'll you know, compete for a ring with them. I don't think that he's like a a huge make or break deal. You know, if they didn't sign Melo, they weren't going to win. I don't think that anything like that, Um, but good for him. I hope that, you know, if the Lakers win, I'm glad that he's going to be the one that gets a ring too. Um, Again, I don't, I don't see it as a huge move. Just, you know, that adds another veteran into the locker room. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add? Uh, you see Jello? No, I didn't. Yeah, Leangelo, he scored 16 points in 16 minutes. I think he shot five for eight from the three-point line. Good. I mean, that's we all want to see the Ball brothers succeed. Like all, we just we all want all three of them to be great in the league. And right now we have two of them, and um, hoping Jello can get there. If he keeps playing like he is, or he did, I I think he has a strong chance. Get him on the roster. Get him on the thirteen man. Yeah. It, it, those three guys are just three guys that you want to see succeed. Um, and hate it or love it, LeVar Ball spoke it into existence. Um, you don't got to like the guy, but you got to respect him as a businessman. And, you know, he's put two sons playing in the league and another one playing in the summer league. So, I mean, that that speaks for itself right there. That's almost unheard of to see that happen. So if that's everything from Zach, I think I, I'm i done with everything I had as well. So this was Outside the Uprights, Episode 2. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. This will be coming out two days later. Um, this took us a lot longer to um, edit and upload than, than the last time. So we do apologize for that. We're going to do everything we can to make sure that it doesn't happen again. But thank you all for tuning in. We love you every Saturday, except for this week. Um, keep tuning in. We appreciate all the support.